Hello and welcome to Fine Wine, where I talk about media and discuss whether or not it has aged like fine wine or not. And I, speaking to you, am the gremlin residing in your closet, giving you reverberations to enlighten you on the world's media. Um, today I'm going to be talking about, I confess, also there are new episodes every um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but anyways, besides the point, talking about I Confess, um, 1953 by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, so Alfred Hitchcock, you know, iconic director, um, one of the best, has like great films. This film, oh my God. Hey, I Confess. It's like, oh my God. The cast of it is Montgomery Clift, Ann Baxter, Carl Maiden, Brian Ahern, O.E. Haas, and Dolly Haas. Miss Dolly Haas played the child in the film Broken Blossoms, which I had talked about, which I have talked about previously. Her acting in Broken Blossoms was absolutely abhorrent. Um, so when I saw her face in this movie, I was like absolutely floored when I saw her. Like, did not see that coming. Like, not only did she stay in the acting industry, like, 20 years after Broken Blossoms, but she got a Hitchcock gig? Like, wow. I mean, I guess, girl boss, do your thing, miss. Um, so, this is a film noir. Um, it takes back, it takes place in a fictional city. And the fictional, and that fictional city is Quebec. Quebec doesn't exist. As you all know, Canada is fake. No, I'm kidding. Um, so it takes place in Quebec, in Quebec City, and they are, I think, in the French Quarter. So you see, like, all the historical buildings and stuff. Um, and they, like, pan into the city and, like, show a bunch of different shots of it with an emphasis on arrow signs. I think the arrow signs are supposed to signify pointing people in the right direction or in the wrong direction because most of this film the inspectors the detectives of the murder that makes this a film noir are pointed in the wrong direction um so as this is a film noir um it has investigative scenes flashback scenes um, court scenes, which are some of my favorites, and, like, um, interrogation scenes. Love the Battle of the Wits type of stuff. Um, so this movie should have things that make up a good film. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's see. So the first thing that we see, besides the opening credits and panning through Quebec, um, we get some dead body that had just that has just been freshly murdered on the floor, um, and this dude that is dead. His name is Mr. Vallette. So Mr. Vallette is dead on the floor. He's not breathing anymore, and we only get to see a body, not a body. <laughs> well, technically, yes, we do see a body walking away. We see a figure walking away in a trench coat and a little little hat. Um, so somebody did the murder. We don't know who it is. 
could be anyone, right? Um, but then we get um, switch scenes to um, a little church where we get to our main our main boy, Montgomery Clift, playing Father Logan. So Father Logan, he does the thing that um, is required of him as a priest, as a member of the religion of the church and stuff. As the religion of the church. What? Anyways, he does the thing and he's like, somebody at the church, I have to go and greet them because this church is open 24 hours, 24-7, um, McDonald's could never. So he's like going to see who came. So he gets on his robes, he gets on his little scarf after kissing it, and he goes and pops squat at the altar. Um, and then he goes to the door. And who was at the door but Mr. Otto, who is like the local handyman that does like odd jobs around town and like helps out with um, the church and stuff sometimes. Um, and Mr. Otto is like, bro, I have something to confess. And the father, Father Logan, he's like, okay, dude, sure. So they go into the confession booth. And what does Otto confess? Oops, he killed Mr. Vallette. Oopsies. He didn't mean to kill him. He just meant to rob him. Like, bro, what? And he just divulges all this information to um, Father Logan. Now, after he divulges this information, he's like, "Well, you can't tell anyone because I told you to the I told you this under confession, so you are bound by oath to not tell anyone." Um, which I don't think that's how that works. Um, I mean, I am sh- like one hundred percent sure that God would have been like. If God could have talked, I'm sure God would have been like to Father Logan, bro, tell the police this dude killed somebody. And before that, he was trying to rob them. So you better like tell the police. But um, Father Logan is duty bound. So he is like, even though I know this horrible thing now, I have to not speak a word of it because it was under oath of confession so he doesn't say anything and boy does this get him into lots of trouble later um so mr otto he goes back home and he goes to see his wife alma miss alma she is played by dolly haas and i can happily say that dolly haas in the 15 year the 15ish years since broken blossoms She has improved her acting immensely to the point where Alma, the wife of Otto, was my favorite character in this whole film. Like, that's some true girl bossing. Um, So Otto is telling Alma, oops, I killed Mr. Vallette. I was just trying to rob him, but he had to go and make me murder him. Um, So Otto's like complaining to his wife and his wife is like, well, does anybody know that you killed him? And Otto's like, oh yeah, I told um, Father Logan. And Miss Alma, face crack. 
She is floored. She's like, what? You told Father Logan? You told somebody else? Like, what the hell, dude? Um, but then Otto's like, no, it's fine. I told him under confession, so he can't say a word about it. <sighs> wow. That's... Uh, first off, this concept is so dumb. It's just like... I don't know. Like... Something about it, it's first off just so unrealistic. And second off, it's just like so frustrating because some all the conflict in this film could be resolved so easily if Father Logan just was like, this dude has committed a grave sin that I cannot judge. So I have to go to the police about it. Like, bro, that's all you have to do. But no, instead, they they instigate and drag on the plot because Father Logan insists on not telling a soul about Otto's crime. Like, Jesus. So, next morning, um, Mr. Otto, he goes to Valette's house because on that day, he usually goes to do the gardening for Valette. But, you know, since Valette's dead, um, he's not getting paid for it, but Otto's like, I have to keep semblance of a normal schedule, otherwise people will get suspicious. And Alma, she's like, bro, don't go there. You literally killed the dude and now you're going back to your crime scene? Like, that was not too smart. But Otto does it anyways, and when he's there, he reports um, the dead body to the police. Um, and he's like, oh no, Mr. Valette's dead. How could this happen? And while this is happening, a large crowd forms around Mr. Valette's house, or formerly Mr. Valette's house. And Father Logan also goes there because he heard from Alma that Mr. Valette was going I mean, that that um, Otto was going to Mr. Vallette's house to do the gardening. And he was like, bro, he literally just told me that he killed him last night. Is he dumb? And anyway, the way he found out from Alma was they were having breakfast. Like, Logan and the other priests um, were having breakfast at the parish. And they were eating. There we meet the... Um, the guy that should have been the main character, Father Benoit. Um, he should have been the main character just because he looked hotter than um, Father Logan. Like, Montgomery Clift, I guess, has, like, attractive face, but I don't know. He looks weird. Like, give us more Alma and Benoit, but I guess not. Also, there's not really, like, any hot ladies in this film, which is sorely disappointing. Like, all we have is Anne Baxter, and she isn't really, like, in it, in it. She's just sort of, like, there, which is sorely disappointing. Um, Like, I need some actual, like, girl bossing. I need some girl to, like, carry along the plot. Plus, um, her character, she does, she thinks she does something. But they immediately, right after that, make it so what she does has no effect on 
anything. Literally, her entire purpose in this film is just to be um, padding for the time, which is sorely annoying. Um, so anyways, Father Logan goes to see what the crowd's about, and he's like, what? Um, and I'll be the police see him there, but there he runs into... Um, yeah, there he runs into Ruth Grandfort, um, and she whispers to him, we're finally free upon learning Valette's dead. Shocker, she had something to do with the murder, maybe? Um, but since the police are, like, inspecting this, um, they bring in some school children who they like bribe with sweets and they're like did you see anything because the children were brought in i think by like their parent or their teacher and the the guardian was like um they said that they saw something that night and the girlies after being bribed are like yeah we saw some guy walking away from the house and he looked like a priest um so the police are like oh my god and we saw father logan there literally just now so he must be the killer so they get father logan and they're like starting to question him and because father logan he is under confession oath so he can't divulge that otto is the true killer even though he knows otto is the killer and he's just like i can't say anything more Like, bro, God would have wanted you to tell them who the murderer is. Anyway, I don't know. It's just so frustrating that this happens just because he won't speak about the goddamn murder. Um, But Mr. Logan, he's in for questioning and the um, prosecutor that would be like getting him in jail for it um is at a house party where the woman that um father logan walked away with that said we're finally free is hosting so the prosecutor is there at that party and miss ruth she hears about it and she's like what this is insane because she's like Logan didn't kill the dude. How does she know this? We find out later, but like She's like this is not true. So Later she meets well the next day she meets with Logan like discreetly but discreetly in quotation marks because turns out she and Logan used to be lovers Um, and So they meet up and they're like well, how did this dude die? I know that you didn't do it Um, but, oh well, I can't be seen with you. But then, Miss Ruth, she's like, I love you, Logan. Can't you see this? Let's just go away together. And Father Logan's is, he's like, no, you can't love me. Um, I can't love you. And he's just, like, pushing her away, like, bro, she's literally like, I love you so much. I would give up everything for you. And Logan's like, nah, babe, I'm okay. Like, if some... Especially since it's annoying because Logan loves her as well. So it's like, if somebody that you 
have strong feelings for or love confesses their deep love for you, you should just take it and run with it. Don't like push them away because otherwise you're just going to make the plot drag on for longer. Like Jesus. Like I get that it's for the drama, but I've seen and read, I've seen this in films and read this too many times for it to be even entertaining to me having people just deny their own feelings. Like, come on. I know we all love a little angst, but this is like angst on like an unnecessary level. Like, come on, bros. Just like love each other, be free or whatever. So um, we are now, again, everybody's suspecting Logan for being the murderer, and they end up bringing in Ruth as well because obviously they were following Logan since he's number one suspect, suspect in the murder case, and Ruth is like friends with the prosecutor and stuff, so they were probably following her as well just in case. So like obviously they would have been seen, she and Logan would have been seen talking together when they went to talk together in a not very discreet place. Um, they met at like a key, a quay, um, and we're just like chatting there. Like, especially cause they were <laughs> standing side by side and like literally anybody would have been able to recognize them. So dumb. They have like two brain cells, like come on. Um, so they end up bringing Logan back in for questioning and they bring Miss Ruth in as well. And they also have her husband there because her husband is told that they were seen together. And he's like, what? That can't be true. That's like such lies. Ruth would never do that. Um, but then Ruth comes in, um, sees Logan and sees her husband. And she's like, I think now seems like a great time to tell everybody that even though I was married to this politician dude, I was still in love with Logan. Um, so she gives their whole backstory. Like this part was so unnecessary. We did not need to see any of this. Like all we needed to see was um, the part where um, Logan and Ruth get caught together by Mr. Vallette on his like little private island property um, and he blackmails them. Like that's the only part that we needed to see. The rest of it is so unnecessary because what they end up showing us is um, Logan and Ruth in a loving relationship but then Logan has to go off to war. So Logan, instead of making Ruth wait for him, is like, um, you have to leave me, um, and you can't marry me because then you'd be a widow if I die, and that's worse than having your heart broken, so we're not together anymore, peace, and then he's gone, but he comes back from the war alive, so Ruth is like, oh, but now I'm married. Sars about that, bro. 
Um, but they still like meet up anyways and like do a little fling or whatever. Um, and they end up going to like an island on a, on like a ferry. They end up going on a ferry to an island, but then they end up getting caught in a storm and all the boats can't go out anymore. So now they're stuck on the island after having like a romantic picnic. Romantic picnic. Better watch out for Yogi Bear. Um, but then it starts raining, so they run to the nearest house and try and get in, but nobody's home. So then they go into the back garden of that house because it has like a gazebo, and they go under the gazebo and spend the night there. But in the morning, there's this dude, Mr. Villette, and he shows up and he's like, wait, aren't you, he's talking to Ruth, he's like, aren't you the wife of that politician dude? So now he starts blackmailing her. Oopsies. Um, Fun times. So I don't know why she had to give that whole backstory. Like, that was all unnecessary to the actual plot that we're actually pursuing because then Ruth is like um yeah we were taught Logan and uh, Father Logan and I were together the night of Valette's murder because Valette has just asked Ruth to get him out of a tax evasion scandal and Ruth is like so conflicted because she doesn't want to help this baddie but if she doesn't help this baddie out, then she gets exposed as a cheater and her husband loses his spot in, like, in politics. Like, what? Okay. Um, but Mr. Vallette, he, like, has been following both Logan and Ruth, just, like, keeping tabs on them and, like, blackmailing them and just doing, like, a lot of not nice stuff. Um, so Ruth is like, well, Father Logan and I were meeting at... We were together until 11 p.m. on the night of the murder. And the police are like, oh, my God, that's great. And Ruth is like, oh, my God, I just saved Logan's life. Woohoo. So she goes to bed. Um, and then her husband comes in and he's like, hey, Ruth, um, the police just called and they said that the murder <laughs> occurred between 11 and 1130. Like, oops. Like, your whole thing did not matter at all. Did not matter in the least. We could have cut out that whole whole section of the film it was just a whole bunch of words and film that is wasted because her actions are non-consequential to the actual progressing story which is so annoying because it's like you are supposed to be building like a film that has a continuing narrative throughout but then they take this whole break to show the flashback um show the relationship even before the war between ruth and father logan and like all that is unnecessary and then they add in this unnecessary point where her alibi for him doesn't even help him at all 
Um, so Logan, he is still going to be tried for murder. Woohoo. So, um, Logan turns himself in willingly because he is like, you know, a good guy. He's a man of God. So he turns himself in knowing he's going to get arrested and he's like just going to the church to like drop off his possessions, get what he needs, picking up his extra toothbrush for when he stays in jail. And when he's there, he sees Mr. Otto, the true killer. And Mr. Otto, he's like, you're not going to tell them, right? You can't tell them. Because if you tell them, you're like breaking the rules of priesthood. Like, I know you're not going to tell them because you can't. And he just like keeps like chiding Father Logan. Like, why would you even like try and chide the man that essentially holds your life in his hands? And like, what's the point of provoking him anyways? Like, Otto is so, he's so not it. He is so not it. Um, so Logan turns himself into the police and, um, then we end up going to, um, the courtroom. So in the courtroom, we have the least interesting courtroom scene ever. Like I am a sucker for courtroom scenes and this courtroom scene, I'm sorry to say, but it is absolute dog shit. Like, honestly, it is horrible. Like, what even? How do you make a court scene um, not interesting? It's, well, this is how you make it not. Well, I'll add that in at the end anyways. Um, But the court scene, so boring. So Logan, since he's a man of God and the um inspectors don't have enough evidence to actually convict him of the murder because like all they have are two children eyewitnesses that say that they saw a priest all they have is that and a motive for the murder um and that's it so they can't arrest well they can't um convict him of murder and the jury ends up ruling him not guilty so he leaves but the public, the court of public opinion has already decided he's the murderer. Like, oops, sorry, dude, you're the murderer in their eyes, even though he's um, found not guilty. Um, so he's getting sort of like harangued when he's walking to the escort car leaving. Um, and then he is about to get into the car, but Miss Alma... She is next to Otto, and she is like, oh my god, look at all these people. Look at how his reputation is ruined. Look at the life that we've ruined. It's so horrible. So Alma is like having existential crisis. I feel so bad for her, because she was just like doing her own thing. Then she was dragged into this whole mess. Like, Otto is a contender for the worst husband of the year. So Alma goes up to the police and says... Um, yeah, Father Logan is not guilty. He didn't do the murder. Um, and then, surprise, she gets shot by Otto. So before Otto and Alma went to the, um, court to watch the proceedings, he decided to pack a gun with him. 
And Alma was sort of just like, bro, why do you even need that? And Otto was like, just in case somebody speaks up um, in reference to um, Father Logan. So if Logan was going to speak, he was going to commit another murder. This dude doesn't have too many brain cells. Well, he has about as many brain cells as I do when I'm like running on five hours of sleep. (laughs) Make that even two hours of sleep. Um, But Mr. Otto, he has a gun. And when Alma is telling the police um, that Father Logan isn't guilty and that he didn't do the murder and that she knows who the murderer is, he shoots her in the stomach. Like that, the crowd disperses and Otto runs away in the chaos. Meanwhile, Father Logan and the police are huddled over a dying Alma. Homegirl did not deserve to die. She was done so dirty. Like, come on. But anyway, she like bleeds out or something. Um, And Father Logan goes with the police to try and catch Otto. So they end up, they end up in like, um, a little theater, a little ballroom. So they have the inspectors there and Mr. Father Logan, he is trying to, well, he sees Otto and he is trying to goad Otto into confessing that he did the murder so as to circumvent the oath of confession, 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 uh, confessionary oath or whatever. So he tries to goad him into doing it and he does. I mean, he was already going to get convicted of shooting Alma, his own wife in the stomach and also shooting into a crowd. Um, But I guess he didn't really think this through, but Otto is like, oh, but you can't do anything, blah, 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 to Father Logan. But Father Logan's like, the police already have you, you sucker. Um, But Otto's like, I can kill you now. Because he has a gun pointed at Father Logan. But Father Logan still just goes into the ballroom and he walks towards Otto like big balls of steel that he has. Um, And Otto, when he's about to shoot, he gets shot by the police in the shoulder making him so that he can't shoot Father Logan. Um, So he's like, "Um, curse you and you meddling kids. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you. Um, But it's like, wow. And he just like, Otto goes on this whole monologue. And it's like, it's so like unnecessary. Like you supposedly killed this dude because you were trying to rob him. And then you somehow, in like the two days that it's been since the murder, you have been able to completely just evolve. Like, I don't know, man. Makes like no, well, uh, I don't know. But it's, he like devolves so much that even at the end, Otto doesn't even care about Alma being dead. He like asks if Alma died and... Father Logan's like, oh, yeah, she did. And Otto's just like, oh, well, that sucks. Um, And he's like, I'm all, I'm all alone now. Just like you, you're all alone. Like, when did this turn into, like, a revenge thing for Otto? Like, 
Where did Father Logan like ever wrong him? Where did Otto get these like feelings? We don't get any we don't get any understanding of or any clues as to why Otto feels this way, why he feels the need to act and like do what he does. Um, cause he's like barely even in the movie. All of it's focused on Father Logan and the flashback. Like it's so, it's so bad, this film. But Otto ends up getting, he tries to get the gun again. And when he tries to shoot yet again, he gets shot to death. Well, he gets shot one more time and dies. Um, and the end, happily ever after. <laughs> But yeah, it, this film, I hate it with a passion. I think it is Hitchcock's worst film ever. Like, wow. Like, how do you go from making Strangers on a Train to making this shit, like, the next year? Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, Strangers on a Train, one of my favorite movies. I confess... Oh my god, how? Um, but yeah, like there's no... The whole plot could have been avoided in the first place. There's such an easy solution to the main conflict. The main guy, he just gets himself into too much trouble for no reason. Um, second off, the main baddie that we're supposed to be like, Oh my god, he's so evil. We don't feel that way because he is... Like, a non-character. Like, we... He's, like, comically evil at the end for no reason. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, my God. And that's, I confess. I confess, 1953. Very bad movie. Don't watch it. It's also... It's not even just, like, bad in, like, terms of being bad. Not only is it... It's, like, bad, and it's boring. That's its biggest crime, I think. Its biggest crime is being boring. Like, since you already know who the real murderer is, um, and you know the guy didn't do it, you're just watching some dude suffer and make himself suffer for no reason. So, yeah. Not a very good movie. Not a good watch, even. (laughs) Not something that you can even really, like, watch with other people if you want to rag on a bad movie. Because there's just, like, nothing happening. So overall, this movie did not age like fine wine. It was never even wine. This was, like, I don't know. What's the worst, like, beverage I can think of? This is dirty dishwater. (laughs) This is dishwater. Um, But anyway... That was this episode of Fine Wine, and I hope to wine to you next time.